Hi, and welcome to Untethered with Jen List, the podcast that's here to help you free yourself from the crap that holds you back so you can claim the life you're meant to live. I'm your host, Jen, and in this episode, we're going to talk about untethering ourselves from what others think. Happy fall, y'all. I guess it's not technically fall, but everywhere that you look, things are starting to be fall. My neighbors have their Halloween decor up. I walked outside yesterday and there were crinkly things all over the ground. The leaves are changing (laughs) and it's just such an exciting time. I, I love fall. I can't help it. You know, give me my pumpkin spice latte. I'm all about all the fall things, all the fall things. (laughs) Bring it on. Love it, everything about fall. It's just the most gorgeous time of year. Some of the most beautiful weather, the most beautiful still evenings seem to happen in the fall. I just freaking love it. I love it. Where are my fall people at? <laughs> so we're trying a new thing on the podcast where I'm going to take an episode that happened previously, take one little string of it. We're going to untether one little string, pull one little string out and talk about that. So the episode that was just posted on Tuesday with Jeremy, you don't need to have listened to that episode in order to enjoy it. In fact, this is kind of like one of those things where it's like, do I listen to the which one do I do first? Like, do I read the book first or do I watch the movie? It doesn't matter. It's going to be a unique and amazing experience either way. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. You get to do it whichever way you happen to be doing it right now, whether you listen to that episode or not. Listen to this one and then go listen to that one. (laughs) It's going to be great. And you can tell me whether you like this idea or not. I just thought that it would be fun. In fact, it was my podcast editor's idea my producer's idea. And I was like, I resisted it, to be honest with you at first. And then I was like, you know what? That is kind of a cool idea because there's things that I have more to talk about after these conversations. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to give that a try and you can tell me if you like it. So there was so much that came up for me, even during the interview with Jeremy DeToli on Tuesday. So Jeremy does voice work with people. He helps people to find their inner voices. And he previously was in a pretty darn famous rock band in South Africa. I mean, he has opened for bands like Evanescence. And I mean, he's been on tour with like these really cool bands. And so, I mean, talk about somebody who knows his voice. And as somebody personally, I can't sing. I cannot carry a tune. And I even talked about this in the episode when I was a kid, I would just open and close my mouth during songs during church because I I didn't want to have anybody hear my awful singing voice. And I don't even know if I've really tried to sing. You know, that's something I've had uh, myself personally. I've had a hang up for a long time about my voice. and. In fact, I had a stutter for a number number of years. There I go. <laughs> I had a stutter for a number of years. I really did. And the funny thing, I don't know if it's funny, the true thing is that it was in my adulthood that the stutter came about. I don't remember having one when I was a kid. 
but there was a period of time where I, I, you know, I think maybe I need to work with somebody like Jeremy to figure out exactly what that was. Although he was like, wow, for somebody who struggled with your voice and with speaking up for so many years, that's amazing that you have a podcast. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's, it has not been easy. (laughs) It has not been easy. And, you know, these things start, we, him and I had a, a private conversation after the podcast interview where we talked a little bit about this. And he said, these things start very young in our lives. Most of the time, there's something that makes us feel unsafe in either in our environment, unsafe with ourselves. There's something that causes that. And it comes into the way that we show up as ourselves in the world. And he's like, it's not an uncommon thing. This is something that lots and lots of people struggle with and people just kind of fumble their way forward. And some are lucky enough or try hard enough or brave enough or take enough courageous action to move past it. But other people, this is something that sticks with them their entire lives. And it could have been something that happened when they were even before elementary school sometimes that some of these things happen. So I say that because I, you know, I this felt very, this episode with him, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it to feel so personal for me. But as he was talking, I was like, oh gosh, like I could easily have been one of his clients, still could be one of his clients because I'm I'm certain there's probably still things that hang me up. And I find his work so needed and it's so fascinating and so needed. You know, he is helping musical artists. That's somebody that he helps, but he also helps the average person who just wants to get past whatever barrier is hanging them up. And, you know, lo and behold, they find him because they're like, oh my gosh, it it has to do with my ability to project who I am verbally out into the world. And I I think that there's probably tons and tons and tons of people. So I'm I'm grateful that there's people out there helping people. So if you're somebody who, you know, in elementary school, that made you nervous when the teacher would call on you or when it was time to raise your hand and ask a question, did it make you nervous? When you were going around the room, you know how they would have you go around the room and, you know, you'd go like up and down the rows and everybody's were all reading a story in a book or reading a passage from a book and everybody has so many sentences. And so, you know, that there's 10 kids in front of you, you've counted it out and you've counted down to your passages. And so then by the time it gets to you, you're like so nervous and worked up that you're stuttering your way through the sentences. Can anyone listening relate to that, to that kind of tension and anxiety that can be caused from these kinds of scenarios? I mean, I certainly can. That's why I can give so much detail in that, in that situation, because that was definitely me. I was the kid who was always thinking so much, always trying to, trying to envision all the scenarios and then I couldn't speak because 
my mind was not in that present moment. It wasn't there with Jen, who was sitting there reading the passage. My mind was off in some future scenario, probably 16 different future scenarios. The one where I trip up and look like a fool and the one where I read perfectly and the one where somebody shouts out and tells me that I sound funny. You know, that's my brain was not with my body, was not present. And one of the activities that Jeremy taught in this episode is to cross your arms and put your hands, your crossed hands on your lap and just tap one finger and then the other tapping on your lap. You can do that with me right now. And I tried this in a meeting the other day because something that I have trouble focusing when there is a group meeting, especially if there's like five or more people and I might have to speak up or I might have to disagree or challenge something and I'm being expected to speak up and and be smart and know something in this meeting, I can start to leave my body. I can start to become that Jen in second grade who was, you know, trying to figure out which of the sentences I was going to have to read. <laughs> I can still become that person in certain scenarios. And I tried this. It's such a simple technique, but it really helped. It really helped because what it helped helped me to do is to focus and it brought me back into the present moment. It brought me back into my body. It helped me refocus on what I was really there to do, which was to share my perspective. And I can so easily do that when it's just one-on-one with somebody that you put like 10 people in the group and all of a sudden my brain starts imagining, trying to imagine what all 10 of those people are thinking. Can you relate to that? Have you ever been there? Does your mind ever somehow, it's like it goes somewhere else. Where the heck is it? It's imagining a million futures. It's imagining the time it's gone back to the past, to that time where you stuttered or slipped up or said something that you that somebody thought was silly and it's not there with you in the moment. But the more, what I have found for myself is the more I am present here with myself, the easier the words flow. When I am here, when I am right here and I'm putting my hand on my chest because that's how I feel where I am. Sometimes when I feel my mind out floating into the abyss, when it starts imagining futures and remembering the past, instead of being right here with me, I just, I put my hand on my chest, my neighbor's when I go on walks, I do this sometimes because I I will go on walks without any technology. So then my mind can really start to go all kinds of places. So I'll put my hand on my chest. They're probably like, that girl's either really like doing the Pledge of Allegiance or she <laughs> or she's having a heart attack. I'm not sure if I should be concerned either way, but I, I do it all the time because it really helps me. And there is something about just touching, touching your body in some way, you know, whether it's in the way that Jeremy taught us to cross your hands and then tap on your lap, or if it's placing your hand on your chest, maybe it's putting your fingers on your earlobe, you know, whatever that thing is. Sometimes we do this and we don't even know that we're doing it. Somebody might call it a a nervous tick, but sometimes you're, you touch your hair because it's like, it's your, your body is seeking to ground itself because your mind is going all these different places and and you're seeking to ground yourself. So you, you touch yourself in some way. And when I realized that about myself, I was like, oh, oh, that's what, that's what's happening for me sometimes. It's really interesting. 
So where are those moments where you're leaving your body? And is there some way that you can bring yourself back home? Is there a place that you that you can touch some kind of sense of touch where you can bring that presence back to you? And if you struggle with feeling like you can share your voice, if you're like, I love listening to podcasts, but I could never imagine doing a podcast. You know, these are some of the things that you can start to do because when you go, when you come, what I call coming home to myself, when you go home to yourself, you find that your voice does have a lot to say. There are a lot of things that you would be so passionate to talk about. It doesn't have to be on a podcast. It can be in so many other ways. It can just be in one-on-one conversations, bringing more of yourself to that conversation when you are truly present in your body, in the moment, there with that other person. Your curiosity is able to be so much more present because when you are in touch with you, you are in touch with your creativity because you are creativity. You are nature. You are natural. You are part of the source. You are part of God, if that's what you call it. Everyone has different words to explain this feeling, this oneness, the sense of whole. When you are in touch with that wholeness that you are, you are tapped into your creativity. You are tapped into your passion. And then things start to spill out of you. They truly do. I repeated this story multiple times, but when I very first, the very first day that I went live on Facebook in my Facebook group that was called The Creative Commute, my husband was like, what are you going to say? Because I really did not share in the way that now as a podcaster and in all of these things that I'm so passionate about, I share about, I I didn't do that. I kept all of my thoughts in me. And often my thoughts were not there with me that my brain was in a million different places. I was very scattered. And this work that I have done to really come home to myself has helped this to just draw out of me. And I say this because there might be some listeners who it's like, this isn't clicking with me. And it could be because your brain is going a mile a minute in all different directions all the time, because that's what mine was doing. (laughs) And it really is different when you start to reel it in and really tap in to who you are. It changes things. And it's it does take some work and some kind of like understanding and feeling it out and what works for you, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. It just feels so much better when you're truly in tune with who you are and those passions just start to roll out. Like all that, like, what do I want to do? Like a lot of that, that has really quieted in my mind. It's not as present as some of those thoughts were. It's easier to be tapped into the flow than it used to be for me. Now, I still struggle with these things. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm most most definitely I'm not perfect, but it's so much better than it is. I'm so passionate about talking about it because it can be so much better for all of us. And the more tuned in we are to ourselves, actually, the more tuned in we truly are to each other. It's not these weird tethers that we've got wrapped around each other, these weird relational things where it's like, I'm so worried about what she said and what I said and what they might say. And uh, uh, like, that's not even real. Those are just stories that we're telling 
ourselves, right? Like that's those aren't real stories. Those are just stories that we're making up in our heads. Like I really liked something that Jeremy had said. He was like, you know, after you have a conversation with somebody, you know, people can start to feel this sense of shame, these thoughts that start to come in our heads, worrying about what we sounded like, worrying about what that person took away from that conversation, what they're moving forward with. We start to write all of these stories and they that doesn't feel good. Nothing about that feels good. And there's no reason for it. Because what do those thoughts, we don't know if they're true. You know, it's like Byron Katie, one of the things that that she says is when you have a thought, especially when you have a thought that feels negative, that doesn't feel good, ask the thought, is it real? Is that thought real? Is it real? Is it real that they, you sounded like an idiot? Is it true? Did you sound like an idiot? Can it be proven that you sounded like an idiot? Is it real? Is it true? I mean, it's 99.999% of the time going to be no, because it's just a story that you're writing in your head. And it's all it's doing is making you feel bad. So why? Why think those thoughts? Why allow those thoughts to dominate us anymore? No more. Cut it off. Sever. Cut it off. Sever its leg. It's almost October. I'm going to start talking about severed legs all the time. (laughs) All the severed body parts. Bring it on. (laughs) I promise there's not actually going to be a lot of talk about severed body parts. Unless you want it, you let me know if that's uh, something that you'd like to hear more about. (laughs) We can talk about all the severed body. I used to have this leg. I don't know if we got rid of it. When we moved to Oregon, we got rid of so much stuff. So many things that I don't even know. We haven't had another October here for me to like bring all of our stuff out and be like, oh, we got rid of so many things, but we had the severed leg that we <laughs> we would put in different places in the house. Also a severed head. His name is Vlad. He is a vampire and he's terrifying. And we hide this severed head all over the house, Joey and I. We'll try to scare each other with it, which it never scares him. He's never scared. And I'm always scared. Vlad scares the shit out of me every October, at least once, multiple times, usually. (laughs) But we'll like put him in a sock drawer and you pull it open and there's Vlad. (laughs) Okay. Now we've spent like an entire minute talking about severed body parts. That's probably enough for this episode. (laughs) But another thing that I I noticed, the interesting thing is that I did this episode with Jeremy during this period where I was going to a whole bunch of concerts. So I hadn't gone to a concert in so long. You know, it's COVID. And so I hadn't been to concerts. Well, there happened to be four bands coming to the Portland area within nine days that I wanted to see. So I went to four concerts. And in the midst of that, I did this interview with him and we were talking about performers and I was like, okay, so I went to one show and then I talked to him and then that very night I went to another show. And when I spoke with him, I I said, you know, something I noticed last night that was really interesting is that the opening band, like the way that they held their their bodies, the way that they kind of were, the way that they sounded was so different from the like 
you know, main performer. So the opening band to the main performer. And I don't know if it's because I just hadn't been to a concert in so long that I kind of noticed these things. I, I also am on a judgment cleanse. So I think I'm noticing things that I wouldn't notice before because I'm like, ooh, Jen, why are you having that thought? <laughs> and then I start judging myself for having that thought. The judgment cleanse has really been more the art of noticing judgment unless a cleanse. <laughs> Maybe eventually it will become a cleanse, but it mostly has just been, wow, there you, there you are judging again and then judging myself for judging. And I have slowly, fortunately, uh, been able to judge myself less for the judging and being just more curious about it which is this art of doing it. But um, I digress. But one thing that I noticed when I went to these concerts was just the opening band, the way that they held themselves, the way that they sang to that last performer. Holy crap. He, it was Andrew McMahon, who I, I don't even know. It's not, he's not a band that I know. I actually came for the opener opener, but he was full bodied. I mean, there was no way that he had any, like, he was not worried about what anybody in that crowd was thinking about him. His body was moving in just all of these different ways that it was completely different from the opening band. And I was like, there's got to be something to that. Like, he is in the stream. Like, that guy is in creative flow. That is creative flow. Like, just... I mean, he's in it. <laughs> it was just like oozing out of him and then into the crowd. Like the crowd's behavior is different because the performer's behavior is different. And it was just, oh, it was so cool to watch as somebody who has like, you know, I don't know these songs, so I'm not part of what's happening to the extent that some of these people are because they're like so in it with him. It was like, this is so cool to see. So I encourage you, the next concert that you go to, show up for the opener, opener, who are, by the way, like incredibly talented musicians to be able to even be on stage at a concert and get to that level. Like they have allowed themselves to tap in and just allow themselves to be in a way that so many people wouldn't. I mean, they're on a stage singing, performing in front of a huge crowd of people. Like even if the crowd is only five people, that takes so much courage to get up there and do that. So I'm definitely not saying anything negative about it. It's just like there are these levels. There's the levels of like what people allow themselves to do and, and how present they are with themselves in the moment, because that's the only way that that kind of uh, can come out of them. So next time you go to a show, you know, watch the watch the difference, watch the difference in the crowd, just watch the difference in the whole feel of it. It's just it's like watching somebody open the box of creativity. There's like just this like lid that's just like a little bit open, a little bit open and that like final performance like Pandora's box. Like it's just like whoosh. It's amazing. It's amazing. So go watch it through that lens. I highly encourage you. So much fun. So much fun. And it also has just been so dang fun to go to concerts again. There's a lot of amphitheaters here in Oregon. That is a big thing, especially in the summer. Lots of summer amphitheater concerts. So we got to check out three amphitheaters and then we did go to one indoor concert. That was the first like 
crowded indoor thing I'd been to in a while. And it was really fun, but a little, a little nerve wracking personally. (laughs) There's so many people. There's so many people, (laughs) but it was a ton of fun and one of my favorite bands. And I was definitely, I was definitely that fan who was like letting loose and probably annoying everybody around me because I was just singing and screaming and dancing for one of the opening bands. (laughs) So fun. So, so, so fun. So I hope you got something out of this episode of reflection for yourself on, you know, have you ever had any struggles with sharing your voice? Is this something that has been a struggle for you? And if so, like, where are you feeling it? in your body. Next time you face a scenario where you are a little nervous to speak up, so it could be like raising your hand to ask a question in a class or in a meeting. It could be, you know, wanting to call your mom or dad or something to to share something with them or to ask a question. Or, you know, it could be a challenging family situation where you need to speak up where when the next time you need to use your voice and you feel a little sticky about it, where are you feeling that in your body? Where are you feeling it? And when you do really feel it, really feel it. It's like we want to turn away from it. We want to block it. We want to be like, oh, let's not. But the best thing you can do is actually to turn into that feeling and just allow it to happen. Allow that feeling to happen and you'll see that it actually passes much more quickly. And then the next time you're going to see it in a different way because you're like, oh, that's that's familiar. I remember that coming up and it passing again. And it it really does get easier as you start to notice and and allow it to pass through you. So um, next time that happens, see what comes up for you, see where you feel it in your body. I'm so curious. You can totally reach out to me at untetheredgen on Instagram. You can email me untetheredgen at outlook.com. Let me know how this is going for you. If anything in this episode hits with you, if you feel seen, (laughs) then please share this episode with a friend who you think might enjoy it. You can share it on social media. It would mean the world to me to get this episode out there, especially for those who have struggled with this because I myself have as well. So we can keep learning and growing together and you just keep shining your magical unicorn light out there for all to see. I'll see you next time.